what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. When you come in this church and you become a part of it, you're going to assimilate and become a Christian, which is what this Bible says. Don't come up in here with your junk and think you're going to change us into being like something else. As for me and my house, as for me and this church, we're going to stand on what the Word of God says. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6, we're going to pick it up in verse 3. This is basic Christianity right here, Christianity 101. Sadly and regrettably, most Christians do not know this right here. I was talking with a man not too long ago about Romans chapter 6. He looked at me like I had two heads. He absolutely had never heard the information that I will attempt to give to you this morning. And the thing about it was, he'd been a deacon in the church for over ten years. Basic Christianity. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And I want to continue with the subject of baptism. I believe that this Bible that I hold in my hands is the inspired Word of Almighty God. As we stated last week and as we have stated many times, The story of the Bible is the story of the cross. From the third chapter of Genesis right on out to the end of the Old Testament, we read the history of the coming of the Redeemer of mankind, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we come into the New Testament, we read the four Gospels and we read the history of the life and ministry of that Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples, they saw the Lord's miracles, they saw Him die on Calvary, they witnessed Him being buried and being raised from the dead, but they understood very little about what all of that meant. That would later be given to the Apostle Paul. The meaning of the cross, the meaning of the new covenant. And Paul would give us that information in the book of Romans. And I believe that every child of God should have a working knowledge of the book of Romans. Sadly and regrettably today, much of the church 
takes the writings of Paul and they put it in a category of not being the inspired word of God, but they look at it as being his mere personal opinion. Let me tell you something. What God gave to Paul is not his opinion. It is the inspired word of Almighty God, ladies and gentlemen. As God moved upon Paul and all of the Old Testament writers, the Spirit of God moved upon those writers, searched through their vocabulary for every word that he wanted used for every sentence. You think of that. That's why it's important today for you to have a word-for-word translation of the Bible. The problem with a lot of people and a lot of churches today is that they've gone off out here and they've gotten one of these other translations. And the reason for that other translation, it is not to help you learn the Word of God. You see, because in order to get another translation and get a copyright, you've got to make changes to it. And, and you've got people out here that are making changes to God's Word, and it's not a word-for-word translation. It is a thought-for-thought translation. What we have here are men's interpretations of what they think the Scripture says. If you want to know what the Word of God says, go to the Bible and bookstore and get you a good King James study Bible. Jesus said in Matthew 4 and verse 4, He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man, if you want to live... Sir, if you want life, you won't find it in the bottom of a whiskey bottle. Young lady, you will not find life in another relationship. You'll only find life when you get in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And you'll only find Jesus Christ in this Bible that I hold in my hands. The Word of Almighty God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Words mean something. And you got people out here today that want to make money off of God's Word, and the only way they can do it is by changing things. You don't change God's Word. That's the problem with the church today. We don't believe what this book says. Or we've got one of these other translations. And we've become lukewarm as Jesus addressed the church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. He told that church, he said, you're neither cold nor hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You cannot mix the Word of God with the vain philosophies of men. You cannot mix the Word of God with evolution. You cannot mix the Word of God with psychology. You cannot mix the Word of God with all of these other things, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to take the Word of God for such as it is, the inspired Word of God. And if you're having trouble understanding it today, go to the author. Go to the one that wrote it. 
Glory to God. Pick up the telephone and say, Lord, help me. God understands that one of the best prayers you'll ever pray is, Lord, help me, and he'll help you. He said, I'm going away to the Father, and when I go away, I'll send you another comforter, and that's the one that is called alongside to help you. If you don't understand this book today, call on the author. Ask God to help you. Our churches today have become rich and increased with goods because of man's philosophies. The message today is not to teach you the Word of God as it is to draw a crowd and to get people to come. And I'm going to say this this morning. I said it Wednesday night. I don't know that I have said this publicly over such a broad group of people before. And some of you are going to write me emails and whatever the case, and you're not going to like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to tell you the truth. It is just as important for that preacher to push people away from the church as it is to draw them in. I ain't hearing a whole lot of amens. You don't want everybody coming up in your church. Well, Brother James, I thought you're supposed to love everybody and accept everybody. We do. But you ain't going to come up in here with your agenda and try to change this church. When you come in this church and you become a part of it, you're going to assimilate and become a Christian, which is what this Bible says. Don't come up in here with your junk and think you're going to change us into being like something else. Because we're not going for it. As for me and my house, as for me and this church, we're going to stand on what the Word of God says. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. It is the only power in this world that can change the heart of an individual. I mean, change them totally, completely, down on the inside. You say, well, Brother James, I thought your message this morning was going to be on baptism. Well, I thought it was too. (laughs) (laughs) all right first corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17 the apostle paul said first corinthians 1 17 for christ sent me not to baptize now paul was not demeaning water baptism he was not knocking water baptism water baptism is very important and every christian needs to be baptized if they are able to do so. Okay? Even Jesus was baptized. Now, Jesus wasn't baptized because of any sins he committed. Jesus was baptized to fulfill the righteousness of God. His baptism typified his death, burial, and resurrection, which was the very reason that he came into the world. But the church at Corinth, they begin to place too much emphasis on water baptism and more particularly on the ones who were doing the baptizing. And that's why Paul steps in and corrects the church and says, Christ sent me not to baptism, 
but to preach the gospel. That's where the emphasis is to be. The emphasis is not supposed to be on church growth. The emphasis is not supposed to be on water baptism. The emphasis is not supposed to be on the Lord's Supper, although all of these things are very important. But the emphasis should always be the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who He is, and what He did for us at Calvary. That right there is supposed to be the emphasis because that's where the power's at. He said, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words. He said, I'm not up here preaching to show you how educated I am. I'm not up here preaching to show you how intelligent I am. I'm not up here trying to show you how talented I am. If I was up here merely doing that, then the cross of Christ would be made of none effect. I didn't come here today to lift up myself. I didn't come here today to lift up a church. I didn't come here today to lift you up. I came here today to lift up Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto me. Original Free Will Baptist, let me tell you something today. You can go through all these programs to try to grow the denomination and grow the church. But if you'll do what this book says and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God will bring into the church such as he wants. And there are certain people that don't need to be in the church because they've got an agenda. And it's not according to the Word of God. I know some churches right now, they have lost their Pentecostal roots because of allowing any and everybody just come into the church. All right. He said, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of God how in the round world can a man dying on a wooden gibbet 2,000 years ago have any power to do anything today I'll admit it's foolishness to the world out here But for those of us who believe, glory to God. We know the change that can take place in the heart. It's foolishness to you. I know that. But oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Glory to God. You say, well, Brother James, if I accept what you're talking about, I got to give up this, 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 and this. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to give it up. If you'll accept Jesus Christ, you'll find you just don't need it anymore. Glory to God. He put something down on the inside of you, and you don't need that other relationship. You don't need that that drink, sir. You won't need that high. And get baptized in the Holy Ghost and let God deal with you. That's the greatest high you'll ever have. How is it the power of God? Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 gives us the mechanics of our salvation. Basic Christianity. He said in verse 3, Romans 6 and 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. The word baptism means to come into union with. When you got saved, 
and you accepted Christ, you came into union with Him. We were baptized into Jesus Christ, baptized into His death, which means that in the mind of God, when Jesus died on Calvary, you died with Him. Look at verse 6, Romans 6, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that's the sin nature. That sin nature inside of you needs to be destroyed. And it's only done by the scalpel of the cross. That is the circumcision, the operation of God that is made without hands. As God goes in, the moment you get saved, and He cuts off that sin nature that is causing you all of your problems. He's cutting off that tumor that's causing you problems. And He removes it, takes it out of the way. It's crucified with Christ. But like I said last week and the week before, the roots of sin grow deep. And it'll take a lifetime for God the Holy Ghost to cut it out of you. So you need to let God operate in your life on a daily basis. And He'll cut things out of you that you didn't even realize was there. The operation of God. Baptism. Crucified with Him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. We're all born slaves to sin. And when we identify with Christ, when we place our faith in what He did in the mind of God, when Jesus died on Calvary, we died with Him. We're no longer under that slave master of the sin nature. Glory to God. As the old song says, He set me free. Look at verse 12. Romans 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. After you get saved, every day you should choose Jesus Christ. But wait a minute. You can choose to sin. You can choose to place yourself under that old sin nature. And guess what? It can rule and reign again in your life. And that's why Paul said, don't let it reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust. He said, neither yield ye your members, that's the members of your physical body, as instruments. When Paul used that word instruments, he was talking about the weapons that a Roman soldier would use in war. If you yield the members of your physical body over to the sin nature, the sin nature will use your own body as a weapon against you. He said, but yield yourself unto God. As those that are alive from the dead, your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. If you will yield to God... If you will yield to God's salvation plan, the Holy Spirit will use the members of your physical body as a weapon against the devil. Glory to God. He said in verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. The Old Testament saints were under law. The problem with the law was it told us what to do and what not to do, but didn't give us any power to do it. And we're not under any law today. We're under grace today. And I love this definition of grace. 
It's the unmerited divine assistance and influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Unmerited divine assistance. What's that? That's the Holy Ghost. Upon your heart. His influence upon your heart and in its reflection in the life. There's a sign out here on 264. And the speed limit's posted on that sign that says 65. Well, there's people out there going 75, 80, and 90. They're breaking the law. But you put a state trooper there at that sign and see if the brake lights don't come on. See, that's the difference. You've got the presence of that Holy Ghost state trooper in your heart. And he causes you to yield to the law of God. You get me? You understand that? Law is a sign with no state trooper. Grace is the sign plus the state trooper. And my friend, if you don't yield, he's going to pull a blue light on you. Oh, I can go ahead and look at some of you and tell you've had the blue light pulled in your rearview mirror. I'm not talking about the state trooper. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost state trooper because you said something, and the moment you said it, boom, those blue lights went on. You shouldn't have said that. That's grace. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost pulls a blue light on you, you've not fallen from grace. That's the grace of God in operation. Now, you keep bucking up against that, the Holy Ghost will arrest you. It's called conviction. And we need conviction. Because there ain't one of us in here, none of you in the parking lot, none of you listening by radio today, there ain't nobody under the sound of my voice today that's perfect. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even after we get saved, we fail God. Thank God for that Holy Ghost State Trooper. Because he's there to keep me straight. He's there to keep you straight. Glory to God. He said, Romans 6, verse 4, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. When Jesus was buried in that tomb, all of our sins were buried in that tomb with Jesus Christ. And it stays buried. And if God buried it, why do you keep digging it up? Why do you allow others to keep digging it up? And those of you that keep digging it up, why do you keep digging it up? What God has buried needs to stay buried. Leave it alone. Buried with Him by baptism in the death. Some of you are still under the guilt of something you did 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, it's dead and buried. Stop digging it up. And walk in the victory that God has given you. He said that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that we have residing in our hearts and lives. Baptism means union. Union with Christ. Years ago, my dad and I, we would lift up these heavy barrels of glass. And my dad, 
built this winch, and he put it on the back of the truck. And he'd rig the cables up around whatever we'd be lifting and lift it up and get it on the truck. And one day he got a hold of something that was a little bit too much for that thing, and it bent that winch over. So he took that winch off the truck and he cut out a section of it that was bad and rusted, straightened it back out, got him another piece of metal and welded to that winch. He brought another piece of metal into union with what was already there. And the next time that winch was used under the same conditions, under the same pressure, it didn't bend. It didn't break. Why? Because of that union that was there. You as a child of God, before you got saved, you were bent. But when you accepted Jesus Christ, He straightened you back out. He cut out all the rust and the weak spots that was there. And He's brought you into union with Himself. And now when you come under that same pressure and you're put under those same conditions, you don't bend. Why? Because you're in union, baptism into Christ. Glory to God. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.